All right, what is up everybody? So y'all know me from my very small Instagram land flipping, right? Corey Hayden, I got my good buddy here, Jack Carter, who is out of Lafayette, Colorado. For those of you who don't know, I'm in Houston. Uh, I think I make that pretty clear though. Most of my land flipping journey and everything is done in Houston. This is episode one of our Jack and Corey podcast. We don't even have a name yet. Uh, we've been kicking around this idea of the podcast for, man, if I had to put a number on it, I'm just going to guess two months, right? Has it been about two months? Two, three months, something like that. Definitely like right around Thanksgiving, I'd say, is when we came up with the idea. Yeah. And here Jack we are I, in February. Yeah. Jack and I kind of linked up. Uh, he saw from me posting on my Instagram about land flipping. He also is a land flipper, obviously. And uh, he reached out. We kind of connected and hit it off. Um, and we instantly really i think just kind of hit it off and uh, we started coming up with all these big crazy plans about podcasts and private money and all this other crazy stuff and uh finally we just said hell with it you know because coming up with the name and the logo and podcast equipment and all this other stuff uh quickly led to us not doing anything right um so i think what three days ago we were on like our weekly accountability call or like where we discuss our goals and stuff like that. Cause that's something we, we started doing with each other. Um, mm -hmm. and we said, Hey man, let's just start this thing. Let's get on zoom. Let's hit record and let's start episode one of the Jack and Corey land flipping podcast. That's right. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be said about just stepping up and getting things done. Um, I used to be a total perfectionist. And Corey, I remember you and I having a conversation about that uh, when we were first kind of meeting. And I still have those tendencies sometimes. But at the end of the day, I think just going for it, you know, starting off with limited resources, whatever it might be, and, and you know, just getting after the dream is is how it's best done and everything will kind of take shape from there. So let's yeah, do it, man. Absolutely. And we're going to touch back on that whole, you know, massive imperfect action, just starting before everything's aligned, that kind of stuff. We're certainly going to get back to that. That's going to be one of the key topics, I think, uh, today, because it's like we I just mentioned, you know, that's kind of how this podcast has uh, originated. But first, we're just going to do a basic introduction, nothing crazy. Um you know, kind of on on how we both got started in real estate. I'm not going to go back into our childhoods or nothing crazy. It'd be like a two minute introduction. Uh, I personally got started in real estate. Um, I'd say during COVID. Uh, I know it sounds kind of messed up to say, and I've I've told this story before. I think on the the wholesaling Inc. podcast with uh, Brent Daniels. Um, COVID for a lot of people obviously was not good, right? Um, you know, COVID. You know, what's good about COVID? But uh, during the lockdowns, you know, I was kind of furloughed from from my day job, which at the time I was working for a bar in downtown Houston, like serving beer, food, that kind of stuff. I was 26. Uh, and I was making like $8 an hour. It's like, dude, what am I doing? Right. Um, got furloughed on lockdown all day, every day watching Walking Dead. I mean, for hours a day, I wasn't doing anything. Stumbled across the Max Maxwell video on wholesaling houses. Um mm. And I kind of just dove in, man. I was like, they make it seem so easy. You know, you find this ugly house, you offer the seller one price, and then you take this piece of paper and you sell it to someone else for a higher price. I was like, this, there's nothing to this, right? So I think I found out about wholesaling houses on like a Monday and I was cold calling on Wednesday, like that week. Um, hand dialing. Love I pulled it. a list. Yeah, I pulled a list. I started hand dialing and, you know, kind of a little caveat, like a funny story about that even was, 
I didn't anticipate anybody saying yes, that they would consider a cash offer on the phone. So the first guy that said, yeah, you know what? I would consider selling my house for cash. I just hung up on him. <laughs> I just hung up on him. I, I did not plan for anybody to say yes. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know what to do after that. So when he said, yeah, it clicked in my head. Well, now what? And I just got so nervous that I hung up. That is hilarious, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, I hadn't heard that story yet. That is so fun. So hold on. You got to tie the loop on this. What what happened? Did you call him back? Yeah. So what ultimately happened was I gave myself about two or three minutes to compose myself, kind of, you know, take a deep breath and go, okay, what do I do now? Um, and what ultimately ended up happening was I went on what we now know as an unqualified seller appointment. Um, yeah. You know, I put on some slacks and a polo and I got a clipboard and all this other stupid shit. And I printed out like the uh, the county appraisal district, like a printoff basically of what it was worth and, you know, whatever. I went out there and uh, made him an offer super low because I didn't even really know how to comp. He, of course, rejected the offer on the spot face to face. That was awkward. Didn't really know how to navigate that. Um, yeah, didn't it? Nothing came of it, of course. So that's my that's how I started. Um, and I, just to wrap this up full circle on how I got into land, uh, I found a local mentor. That's a whole story in and of itself. But he was kind of like, hey, man, why are you spinning your wheels with uh, with houses? You know, you should get into land. I was like, land, what are you talking about? He was like, man, I flip vacant lots. I was like, OK, well kind of show me your ways and he did so how it worked was he would pull a list I would call it and uh, he would come up with the offers and I would make the offers um, that led to my first land deal um, after about one month it took me four months to get my first house wholesale deal and then after that house wholesale deal it took me about one or two months to get uh, my first land deal and uh, yeah that first land deal was a $27,000 profit deal for me and uh, yeah, I had never seen $27,000. So I was like hooked from that point on. And that's kind of, you know, that's that's how it all started. And I just one foot in front of the other kept going. I mean, how could you ever quit? Once you've done it, you know, like, how could you ever quit? Oh, absolutely. And I'm just like out of genuine curiosity. How did uh, that first house wholesale go? Like, what, what was your profit on that? And did you kind of immediately know with land, like especially with a 27K some odd profit, that this was the route as opposed to that traditional, you know, structural real estate wholesaling game? Yeah, so two things about that. Uh, the first house wholesale deal I landed, like I said, four months. It took me four months of cold calling. And I was using Mojo Dialer, triple line dialer. And I was calling mm -hmm. for three to five hours a day, every day on the dialer hundreds and thousands of dials um ended up contracting a house in Grosbeck, texas i mean it's a very small market i couldn't even tell you where exactly it is it's like four hours from houston i contracted the house for thirty thousand dollars as like a little 1950s bungalow two one eight hundred square foot roughly and mm -hmm. uh there was a guy in that town that buys everything like the same dude that buys everything in that city um someone put me on to him i hit him up i said hey man this is my first deal will you buy it he was like yeah i'll, t I'll buy it for 35 i was like cool a little five thousand dollar fee which after you know marketing costs four months of cold calling you name Holy. it i mean i didn't make any money 
I didn't make any right. money. But that right. proof of concept, you know, was like, whoa, I just made $5,000. And all I really did was make some phone calls and wait, you know. Um, totally. Which then led me, like I said, into to land flipping. And it actually wasn't a $27,000 profit flip. It was a $67,000 flip. But I had a mentor on that deal that did the deal with me. And uh, we used hard money. I should say he used hard money to buy it. And then we flipped it. it. So he took 40000 I took 27000 And yeah, from that point on, I was like, land is where it's at. Man, that's amazing. And just for, you know, the audience that's listening, um, you know, you're talking profits and numbers here, but let's dive a little deeper. Um, and I know I got to get to my intro and everything too, but like, what was the purchase price? Uh, what was the ultimate sales price? And then what did the breakdown look like in terms of, well, you kind of just described that, but was there a fee up front that the hard money lender, uh, you know, requested or were they cool with getting paid at the end? How did all that work? So at the time, I didn't even know it. I didn't know that my mentor was using hard money. I thought maybe he was purchasing it with his own money. I, I wasn't, I was still so new that I didn't understand everything. Um, and right. frankly, I didn't care. He, you know, he said, hey, offer this price to the seller. This is what it's worth. I was like, man, they're never going to accept this. These are the numbers. He said, offer the seller 75,000. It's worth 175 to 200. And I was like, okay, bro, what? come on. So yeah, I still sometimes don't want to make those phone calls. Yeah, right? 100%. And to this day, going to take this. Yeah, to this day, that deal still, in my head, goes back to being one of the easiest deals I've ever done because there was no hassle, there was no pushback, there was no negotiations, no haggling. I made the offer, he accepted the offer, and uh, when he signed the agreement on DocuSign, I mean, it was like instantaneous. I sent it, he opened it, he signed it. It was back within minutes. And uh, I remember my mentor, he texted me when we got the signed agreement back. He said, uh, he said, you're going to make someone's salary on this deal. That's what he said. And I was like, dude, whatever, man. Like, I'll believe it when I see it, you know, fast forward a month later, you know, well, it was probably about six weeks later because we closed on it and then we relisted it on the MLS and uh, sold it for 175, just like he said we would. And um, yeah. That's it. The rest is history, man. And a little crazy story about that lot specifically is the person who bought it from us for 175, they held on to it for about 15 months and then they resold it for 275. No way. I swear, wow. dude. And that killed that's me. That's unreal. That kills yeah, that, me. I'm sure that does kill you a little bit. I mean, that's another 100 racks on the table, man. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, but well, then, hey, man, we're going to have so much podcast to talk about deals. Let's get into a little bit of uh, oh, introduction. No. Yeah, let's see. Let's, let's see. What do you got? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so I uh, grew up in Colorado. I haven't had a good reason to leave. Um, went to CU Boulder for, for college. Got a degree in uh, finance and operations management and a um, minor in economics. I originally found myself in the corporate world. Uh, largely in the cybersecurity realm. Um, I was in sales, you know, banging on the phone, um, kind of boiler room type stuff, uh, talking to uh, security officers who did not want to talk to me. It was uh, a bit rough, but yeah, I ended up doing pretty well for myself in that line. Um, but ultimately, you know, knew that entrepreneurialism is what I wanted to pursue. I just didn't know what the heck to do. And honestly, 
I probably had anywhere from five to seven years of just failure after failure after failure. And I think that boils down to the fact that, you know, I was trying to take that kind of easy, like passive income route, you know, like there was a time period, and I'm sure you remember it as well, when everybody was into Forex and automated trading bots and, hey, go put up 10 Gs in this automated trading bot and it'll make you however much a month and you don't have to do anything. And, you know, a lot of other things in that same kind of style. Um, and I quickly realized that, you know, while some folks can be successful in, in those realms, um, without like a real structural business and like putting in the work, that stuff never usually works out. And if it does, it doesn't last, right? Because um, it's a fad, so it's kind of a trend. It's a fad and there's not, again, real work being put in, put in right? Like, so it took me probably longer than it should have to, to realize that. Um, got back into the corporate realm after kind of bouncing from entrepreneur, entrepreneurialism to not having a mo enough money to support myself and having to go get another job. I mean, I kind of picked up odd jobs like you were talking about. You worked at the bar. Uh, I worked at like Lululemon at one point as like a four guy selling freaking yoga pants. I mean, I did it all, man. Um, but most recently and how I eventually got to land I was introduced to a gentleman named Dan Habercost, who you know well, um, and he and, and uh, Mason McDonald, they're also in the land space. They have a great uh, podcast called The Big Picture Blueprint. So anybody listening, you guys should definitely go check those guys out. They're great. Uh, but met Dan Habercost uh, through a mutual friend, and I ended up um, getting in touch with him a couple months after we had originally met. Um, because we had brief conversations about how well he was doing in the land space and what an awesome industry this is. And he described it to me as blue ocean, which, you know, for the viewers who might not know that term, it's really just, it's an industry that is at a point in its growth where there's a ton of opportunity. There's not a lot of competition. Um, and really the sky's the limit. And you know, coupled with that and the fact that Dan was doing really well and seemed to be a pretty knowledgeable guy and fairly well known in the space. I mean, he hosts like a a uh, meetup in Colorado Springs where they talk about real estate and land and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I hit him up one day and basically said, Dan, let me work for you for free. Teach me everything you know. Um and let's go from there. And he was kind enough to say, hey, I'm not gonna let you work for me for, for, me for free. Uh, I'll, I'll let you do some sales and I'll teach you everything, but I'll, I'll pay you a commission. So I was thankful for that. But anyways, you know, got a crash course in this uh, from really one of the best and most knowledgeable guys in the space, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, it got to a point where he and I actually started partnering on deals together rather than me just being his sales guy on the phone and that kind of thing, working for commission. Um, you know, first one or two deals, you know, we were netting solid profits, you know, and in, well into the five figure range. And so I saw the same thing you did where, you know, you had that banger of a 27 grand profit and I, you know, had even seen prior to that point when I was working commissions for him, him closing crazy deals where he was making 20 grand here, 36 grand here, 50 grand here. 
and uh, said, well, this space is obviously, um, you know, a, a great opportunity for me and one that makes sense. And to my earlier point, what I loved about it was it's real work, right? Like you're making phone calls, we're sending mail, we're spending money, we've got real operating expenditures, that kind of thing. Um, you know, a, a lot of processes and, and um, systems that got to be put in place to do this successfully and, um, you know, grit. And, and that's what I love about it because it's real. It's not some passive income type dream. It's real. Yeah. Um, and so from there, uh, and Dan and I still work together. We still partner on deals here and there. He, he's a great dude. Love working with the guy. Um, and he's building out his team right now. He, he's having a lot of success. I'd love to see that. Um, but I eventually, um, late last year, got the idea that, hey, I, I should probably branch off and kind of start my own thing and really get this up and running for myself because I had done well enough at that point that I had some capital to, to play around with and some kind of startup money to get things rocking. And so I did. That's when I created All American Acreage, which is my company. Uh, you can see the logo on my shirt here. And, um, you know, in 2023, had a six-figure year, you know, as a, as a first year getting started up, which is really incredible. And I don't think tons of people can say that yeah. um, about, you know, a small business that they get going, especially for year one. And I'm not special. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not any more capable than the next guy. I, I just put in the work, you know, made the systems and processes right and tight. And uh, it's producing. And there's so a that few should things, say something about this space, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but there's a few things. You've, you've mentioned several things that have kind of triggered some thoughts in my head. And um, I have two written down, but I'm going to touch on one that you just mentioned, which was, you know, having a six-figure year your first year. Um, we're getting to a point in time where it's like everything everyone posts on social media and everything you see isn't even about making six figures it's about making seven and eight and ten figures and it's like first off making six figures as a small business owner as an individual what as a solopreneur or whatever making six figures in general is an accomplishment so many people get it twisted that you know and it, it, of course i'll go on a soapbox with social media and what it does to to people's expectations um but the reality is is that 99.9% .9 of people are not making seven figures and they're not even making six figures. So one, making six figures in your first year or just in general as a, as a business owner, as a land flipper, as a wholesaler, that is huge. And if you're doing that, you should be proud of that. Um, Cause you don't have, I mean, that that's insane, but two, there, there's a couple of things I want to go back to. Um, the, the key highlight here that I, I thought of when you were talking about your experience in the corporate world and everything and blockchain and all this other stuff um, and kind of comparing it to mine, because I was in the Marine Corps. Um, I, you know, like I worked at a bar. I did heating and air conditioning. I did water mitigation and demolition. Um, I started a hot dog business like I was work, Dude, I was like. I was like slinging hot dogs from a hot dog cart at bars, right? Outside like of Home Depot or what, man? Dude. Home Depot, Lowe's, where were you posted, brother? I was at like the breweries around Houston. But my thing is like, Even better. like we both have all the, like this vast array of experience and all these random different jobs and stuff, right? Neither one of us, the key here is that neither one of us had any experience whatsoever in real estate, like zero to my understanding. 
Um, it all just started with, for me, YouTube and for you making a connection with someone else who is doing it, um, which leads me to my next point, which is uh, you had mentioned that you reached out to Dan and said, hey, man, like, let me work for you, you know, for free, basically, and I'll bring you deals, whatever, um, yeah. which this is the point I want to make. You know, if you're out there looking for a mentor, you want to get started. The key here is providing value to someone else. I did the same thing. When I reached out to my mentor, I was like, hey, man, like, will you teach me? I'll, you know, how do we go about this? And he was like, bring me deals. And I was like, okay, like, let's do that. I was doing 90% of the work. All he yeah. had to do was comp the property, which we both know at this point takes 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, handle dispo, which again, if you've got a deal, getting the deal is the hard part. Okay. Yeah. So I was cold. I was doing the lead generation. I was doing the acquisitions and the negotiations. I was contracting the property. I was handling transaction coordination. So I was the one emailing back and forth with title figuring out title issues with his like guidance, of course. Um, yeah. Once it was all cleared and good to go, it was like served up to him on a silver platter, like, hey, just sell this thing. Um, and half the time he was listing the properties with an agent and the agent was selling the property. And I yeah. did like my first like 13 deals with him. And the value that what I'm getting at is that's the value that I provided to him. Easy deal served up on a platter. That's income for him, just for him helping me. So many people today, you know, newbies, um, which I was just literally a newbie three years ago. Um, I get hit up all the time, for instance, with DMs, right? Like stupid, ridiculous ways of people asking and some people even borderline demanding help. And it's like, if you want, if you really want to learn this, it's still on you, right? And you have to provide value, reach out to somebody, offer your services, offer to find them deals, offer to do everything, provide value and you'll get value. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to hit on those things because, you, you know, when you had mentioned that you offered to work for free, it, it sparked in my mind because I kind of did something similar. Absolutely. And I think the thing people got to keep in mind, like even with my original proposal to Dan, which was, hey, let me work for you for free and teach me everything, you know, in Dan's position, you know, anybody listening to this might go, well, that's a great deal. There's still a lot of work involved for him, man. It's not easy to just go teach somebody this whole business, right? Like there's a lot of moving parts. Um, you know, I, I would, I would say it's, it's fairly simplistic. If you just kind of look at it from a 30,000 foot view, you know, what we're doing at the end of the day, we're buying low, selling high, but yeah. there's a lot of moving parts in it. And it's time dedication from that kind of mentors, you know, plate. Like it's not just easy peasy on them. Um, so at the end of the day, I think it's not only, you know, having the the guts to go put yourself out there and, you know, make these kind of connections and, you know, make yourself known to, to some of these mentors in hopes that they'll help you. But it's also, showing them right away what kind of value you can provide because i can guarantee especially a guy like dan you know he's he's a smart dude he's not messing around he's got a lot of things going on in his life between his rentals his businesses that kind of thing you know if i didn't go in and provide value within the first two three four weeks i guarantee he probably would have said jack i, I think we should part ways but i went in 
showed him that I was willing to not only learn, but immediately apply what I was learning. And I think that's when Dan kind of saw like, hey, this guy's, you know, serious and, and, uh, you know, the rest is history, right? I mean, that's exactly, yeah, that's, that's kind of exactly how it worked out for me. I think once my mentor saw that, oh, okay, he's, he's really calling every day, he's doing follow up, he's bringing me leads, he's making offers, we are doing deals. Then it turned into, okay, let's, let's pay, let me pay for some marketing, let's partner on these deals, let's, uh, let's buy it together, because I started saving a lot of the cash. And then we started closing on deals together to buy them and flip them. Um, and it kind of turned more into a partnership. Um, but yeah, like you got to provide value. I mean, you can't just reach out to people and, and expect, that's the thing. It's an expectation. I get people all the time that it's almost like an expectation that I'm supposed to help them. And I don't think people realize how much, like you just said, time, effort, work, energy uh, goes into sure. teaching someone how to do this. Because at the end of the day, no matter what, I can tell you everything, but if you don't pick up the phone and have a conversation with a, a seller, if you don't make an offer, uh, if you don't do follow-up, you just won't get deals um, and, and it just won't work out. Pretty land strong. flipping, land flipping. I've said it before, extremely simple. Exactly like you said, you buy low, you sell high. I mean, I use the example of like a, a treadmill or something on uh, on Craigslist. I'm like, if you got on Craigslist right now and found a, a treadmill and someone was selling it for five bucks, and then you look on Google and you see that that treadmill sells for 500, I'm like, that's what you you'd buy it. You'd buy it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's arbitrage at the end of the day. That's all it is. No different. Once you find out what a piece of land is worth and you can get it for less, it's just a matter of getting it and flipping it. Simple. Simple in theory, but harder, certainly harder, much harder in practice. Uh, and for a lot of reasons, which we'll delve into at probably later episodes and whatnot. Um, so tell me, so tell me, Jack, what I want to, and the reason I'm doing this uh, is because I want to give the the viewers, anyone who actually takes the time to listen to this, uh, kind of an idea of your experience level and my experience level. And what I mean by that is like, how many deals have you done in the last year, two years? I'll be honest. There's this trend on social media too, where it's like, you can't teach people how to do something unless you've been in real estate for 10 years and you've done 5,000 deals. Brother, Right. I've been doing this three years and I've done in the yeah. ballpark. I'll probably shock some people right now. I've only done in the ballpark of like 40 deals. Right. Okay. But here for me personally, I don't want to do a hundred deals a year. I don't. And that's one of the, the beautiful parts of this business is you can do how much you want to do. You don't have to do a hundred deals a year. You don't, you know what I'm saying? I, it could, I be, average, it could be a side hustle and I didn't mean to cut you off, but it could be a side hustle if you want it to be. It could be a full-time business like we've yeah. got going now. Yeah. You really, you can mitigate either side and it's really just the amount of effort and energy you want to put into it. And that obviously equates to what you're going to get out of it. So anyways, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to interject there. No, yeah, totally. I mean, I've done in the ballpark of 40 deals. Um, I've made some serious connections with people with money, private money. I don't hardly do any wholesale anymore. I rarely assign contracts. And what I mean by that is I'm buying with my own capital or somebody else's all of these land flips. I'm taking them down cash and I'm just relisting and re reselling. Um, yep. but with 40 deals under my belt at this point, I mean, and you could probably attest to this too. Like 
and this is not to stroke our own egos or anything, but one, we're not that far ahead of the, the people just starting. And two, oh. but two, simultaneously at the same time, it's like with 40 deals under my belt, I'm vastly beyond the person who's just getting started and I'm able to help and I really enjoy helping. Um, so I really just wanted to touch on how many, how many deals you've done as well, roughly in the last year since you started or whenever you started with Dan. Yeah. So, I mean, between, um, I'll kind of count because like, I, I said, you know, when I started with Dan, I was just working for commission. I was uh, running deals for him where I would be the guy on the phone, getting the initial buy, helping with transaction coordination through the buy process, and then helping with disposition on the back end to get the thing sold for, uh, you know, a modest commission out of whatever profits came out of it. So including those deals, the deals I've partnered with Dan on, as well as the deals I've done on my own last year and a half, two years. And obviously it's been a little longer than that, but I'm looking at my computer right now. I'm just shy of 60 deals. Yeah, see, and um, you're, you've been so doing right it less there. time than me. You've been doing it like right. shorter than me and you've done almost 20 more deals than me. You know what I mean? Right. Which and a little different than you, some of those deals have been wholesales. They have been assignments. And again, for the viewers who don't know what that is, an assignment is basically, you get, it's just like wholesaling real estate. You get a property under contract at X price. And in that contract, it stipulates that you have the right to assign the full contractual rights and obligations to another entity or individual, right? Um, and when you do that assignment, you tack on a fee for that assignment, right? So, you know, a very easy example could be, I get a property at $20,000 on assignment. I find somebody who's willing to pay $30,000 for that property. I charge them a $10,000 assignment fee for me to give them the rights to my contract, which I already have at $20,000, thus making the total purchase price for the end buyer at 30,000. And I get the difference, of course, minus closing costs and everything else. But the cool thing about, you know, assignments and wholesaling is you're, you're not putting up your own money. Now, there's a time and place for assignments. There's a time and place for buying outright. I personally like to buy outright, similar to you, to you Corey. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, if the opportunity is there and you can make it happen, I think there's a lot of juice on either side. And, um, again, just plenty of opportunity in this space. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, right around 60 deals, but, and I would say uh, probably 85 to 90% of out of that 60 deals was bought outright, go through the whole closing process, get it under our name, then we go sell. The other 10 to 15% assignment. Yeah. So there well, you have it. Yeah, that's killer, man. I, again, I want to make this very clear to everyone too. I bring up our experience level to people uh, to let you guys know a few things. One, we're not like we're at, we're normal dudes. You know what I mean? Like oh, I try to make it so clear on my Instagram that I'm a regular dude. I go to the real estate's like not my life. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I go to the gym. I got a dog. I got a wife and a kid. <laughs> I like to go fishing. I don't like working 24 seven. Um, but I bring up our experience level to show and to really like highlight that we're just normal dudes and that we're not some kind of phenom. Um, and I also understand too, that when, even when listening to you talk, when you say, oh, I've done 60 deals and I say, oh, I've done 40 deals. I remember listening to like the Wholesaling Inc. podcast and being like, 
dude, 40 deals, 50 deals, 60 deals. I could never like, that's so crazy. And now that I've done it, I'm like, dude, I've still barely scratched the surface of what there is to know about investing and flipping. And uh, the reason I say all that is because it's just like, you know, if you just put one foot in front of the other, as a, if you're just starting out, which I kind of have this on like our podcast outline towards the end, which I guess we could start wrapping up soon. But if you just put one foot in front of the other and you just get started and then you just don't quit, if you just focus on getting your first deal, don't focus on 10 deals. Don't focus on 50 a year. Don't focus yeah. on a, a seven-figure operation and scaling and systems and processes and automation and all these other buzzwords that are thrown around on social yeah. media. If you can get your first deal, you can get your 50th deal. Like truly. Well said. Well like, said. Once you Gotta get walk the first before one, you run. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you can do one, you can do it again. So for all the new listeners, uh, you know, it's good to listen to the people who are doing a lot of, you know, hundred deals a year, this and that, but look, if you just focus on getting that first deal and you get your first deal, like you're light years ahead of other people. Cause so many people get into this with these big aspirations and ideas about getting rich and owning a billion dollar portfolio and having a seven figure wholesaling operation. Uh, and then for me personally, I think, I think I call that like, or uh, expectation, like you're not managing your expectations. You need to go into this with the mindset of getting your first deal. And if you get your first deal, then it kind of explodes from there. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, so first of all, I totally agree with you. Um, secondly, it's, you know, what Corey's saying is not to say that it's a bad thing to have ambition to ultimately build a seven-figure business, right? I mean, every, right. we're all out here trying to make money and provide for our families, but I think the point here is you got to walk before you run. Um, go try this thing out. Get your first deal. Then you got some experience to ride on. Then you can start to kind of look at your, you know, the systems and processes you use to get that first deal, improve upon them get into different markets, whatever it might be. But yeah, at the end of the day, I can't tell you how many people will try and get in this space and quit before they even get their first deal, you know, let alone the 10th or 20th that they were going for that year. Right. Yeah. So I totally agree with you on that. Um, Corey, I think it would behoove us, especially this being the first episode, like why land over traditional wholesale, uh, wholesaling real estate, you know, structural housing. Yeah. Why land? And I would actually, if you don't mind, love to answer my own question first. And then I, I really want to hear what you have to say as well. Um, but I'm reverting back to my mentor, Dan Habercost, and, and he put it to me so well when I was first starting this. Um, you think about wholesaling real estate and you think about all that's involved with that, right? A house comes with a lot of potential issues. Um, it comes with folks who own it that might have an emotional attachment to it in some way, shape, or form. It's been in their family for however many years, that kind of thing. Um, land, it's dirt. <laughs> like, we're not, yeah. I don't have to do a single thing. Actually, matter of fact, aside from a couple of the properties I bought and sold in Colorado, which is obviously my home state and I can drive to, you know, most of my businesses in Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, a couple other states, I've never even seen the things in person. Same. Like, Same. it's dirt. 
Um, yes, there's improvement opportunities and, and that's, we'll save that for a whole other episode. Cause that's a, you know, a whole different conversation, but at the end of the day, it's dirt. You don't have to do anything to it. You buy it raw, you sell it raw. That's it. And there's not a lot of emotional attachment to it. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. Like most of the people I buy from, first of all, they're older, apathetic owners. They don't really care. Some of them inherited the property. A lot of them, Corey, and I'm sure you've seen the same thing. They couldn't even tell you where it's located or what it's looked like. They haven't even seen their own piece of land themselves. More often than I, not, they just don't know anything about it. If you want, if you exactly. ask, and I always try to ask some basic questions, just, hey, how big is it? Even though I can find this information, I'm just trying to have a conversation to see what they'll tell yep. me. But the reality is a lot of these people can't even tell you anything about it. They don't know how big it is. They don't know if it has road access. They don't know if it has utilities. They certainly don't know what it's worth. Um, yep. And you come in and you just say, hey, uh, I, I do know all these things. I'm a professional. I buy yep. land every day, every week, every month, whatever. This is what it's worth and this is what I'll pay you. And they're just like, hey, that's easy money. Absolutely, man. And, you know, the other thing about this, too, is there, again, it's total blue ocean. Like, I think it would really, um, it would be beneficial for the listeners to, for us to discuss about, like, the housing market right now, too. Dude, there is a, first of all, it's, it's a well-known fact in real estate right now that there's a housing shortage. So there's a high demand for new builds, right? New construction. And then you couple that with the fact that there are tons of people who nailed down, um, you know, who bought their first house or second house, whatever it might have been, three, four, five, six years ago when interest rates were below 3%, they don't want to sell. They have a great low monthly payment right now. They don't want to sell their homes. That's increasing demand for new construction as well. So I look at this as kind of like the gold rush, right? Very similar. You got a ton of people coming out to, you know, again, with the analogy of the gold rush, out to California, Colorado to come, you know, get their gold. I look at what we're doing as selling the pickaxes, selling the stakes, right? Yeah. We, we, are, we are giving them the land to go build on and make their gold, right? Yeah. That's what we're doing. We're just playing that little niche, which real estate is full of little niches. We're playing that little niche where we're buying the land and we're sourcing it to somebody who's actually going to utilize it, build on it, whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I mean, it's a, an amazing opportunity and you'll hear any and every land investor say this too. It's a classic adage in the space. They're not making any more of it. I don't think the good Lord above is making any more land, right? right. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a, there's a finite supply. There's only so much of it and there's demand to build on top of it. So we're yeah. right where we need to be. It's a great opportunity. And the other thing is way less competition. Everybody and their mom is wholesaling real estate and trying there's still to. people trying to, trying to, and there's still people that will start today and be successful in wholesaling real estate, right? You can still go be successful, even with all that competition. Land is 
far less competition. This is yeah. not known yet. It's really starting to pick up steam. But at the end of the day, again, I come back to the term, it's blue ocean, man. It's wide yeah. open for, for you to come in and make a good living doing this. So, yeah, I'm going to hear on that just, just slightly, like, because, I mean, really all the reasons you said, you know, that you focus on land instead of houses, I mean, that's all the same reasons I focus on land instead of houses. Two, I've also always kind of had a fixation with land. I've always had this idea in my head about owning a cabin on some land in the mountains, like truly, it's always yeah. been an idea of mine. I mean, for as long as I can remember, I'm on like Zillow and looking at landscapes, looking at property, like, oh, like, you know, I've got $7 in my bank account and I'm looking at a million dollar hundred acre parcel. You know what I mean? Like, so mm -hmm. that's, I mean, I like land, right? Um, but Brent Bowers, um, you know, the land sharks coach, he, he mentions this too, as to why uh, people in the real estate space are so fixate, fixated on houses and not land. And that's because houses are sexy. Land is not. Right. Yeah. And he, he says it all the time. I mean, you've got marble finishes, granite countertops, beautiful cherry oak cabinets, all these things, right? These beautiful houses and you can flip and you can make this product and it's like, whoa, it's it's sexy. Okay. Land, not sexy. It's a piece of dirt. It often has yeah. trash on it. It doesn't have utilities. It's overgrown. It's, I mean, when you look yeah. at it, matter of fact, most people don't even look at it. That's the thing. You just gloss right <laughs> over it. It, it just it doesn't even register in your head to think I can do something with that. And the crazy thing is, as you and I both know, because we do it, um, we make the same spreads on a, on a wholesale land deal or a land flip that house flippers make for six months of work. Oh my gosh, man! And that that's, that's a, a good point. That's a whole another podcast episode. You know what I mean? But absolutely, uh, dude. Yeah, that that's why I do land. Um, it it is easier for, it's more simple. There is less competition, you name it, but you got to think even from a competition standpoint, and even what I'm about to say could be a whole episode in itself. You got to think like, sure, wholesaling real estate is being pushed by the masses. It seems it's blown up over the last couple of years. Like it's really just blown up. Right. But you got to right. think out of the, you know, all the people that are attempting to get into wholesaling real estate, all the people that are tr actively trying to do this, how many are quitting daily? How many oh. are doing a how many are doing a little bit of work going out? Oh, this doesn't work, and then they're not. How many are doing five deals a year? How many are doing no deals a year? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there really that much competition? The answer is no. The answer is no. There's really that's none. a really good point. That's a really good point. You if I you look at competition as in the through the lens of like the level of work people are putting in. If you're yeah. looking at competition through that lens and you're the guy or gal who's going out there making their calls, sending your mail, whatever else it might be, and really putting in the work, you're totally right. There's, there isn't that much competition. And that's yeah. why I made the point earlier that even in traditional wholesale uh, real estate in that industry, you could still start today and go make a ton of money doing that. Yeah. Um, the argument here is just that it's probably a little easier with land and there is less competition ultimately. So, yeah, I mean, you and not to beat a dead horse, but you and I both know how much work we ourselves put in on a daily basis with phone calls, follow up offers, KP. I mean, just all the shit that goes into the day to day life of a, a person who's really doing this business. And you got to think, yep. I mean, I ask myself this question sometimes. I'm like, I'm like, 
are people really doing this? I'm like, I know most people aren't doing what I'm doing. They're just not. I just know it. I mean, so, you know, I don't really view competition as like some huge, so a lot of people will use it as like a barrier or an obstacle and they'll say, oh, well, I can't get in this market. I can't do this. I can't send this marketing in this place. And it's so hard to get deals because of the competition. It's like, no, that's in your head. That's in your head. Yeah, you know? totally. So. No, and, you know, end of the day, Corey, I think um, there's no shortage of stuff that we can talk about on, you know, even this episode, but let alone the, the rest of the life of this podcast and, and the series that we're going to be presenting and, you know, over the next several weeks and months and years. Um, but one thing I think would behoove us as well for the audience is like, you know, because if I was listening right now, it's like, well, okay, so how does this really work, right? We talked about a high level, um, buy low, sell high, but how does this work? As it is really simple. We are pulling leads. There's tons of different uh, platforms and, and, and tools and web applications to do this. And we'll talk about that again in a later episode. But we're pulling leads based on certain criteria for landowners right? Vacant land. And of course, prior to pulling leads, we've done a little research on markets and where things are hot, you know, where land is selling well, and there's demand for it. We're sending them mail, right? That says, Hey, I want to buy your land. We're making cold calls. They're saying, Hey, I want to buy your land. We're getting that land at a discount. We're selling it on market at a premium and we're making the spread. It is that simple. So you have expenditure on the front end in terms of marketing and some of the tools and software you got to lead, you got to use to pull leads. Um, you're putting in work in, in the middle by, you know, actually having the conversations with these customers, negotiating, getting a deal. You're putting a little work on the back end and getting the thing sold, right? We'll sell on Facebook. We'll sell on Craigslist. And oftentimes, Corey, I know you do the same thing. We sell on, um, on the market, right? We'll list with our actual agents and realtors. Um, and then at the end of the day, you, you, you cash the check when it all goes through, that is this business, right? So I just figured we'd hit on that for a moment as well, just because, you know, if I was listening to this, I would be curious of, okay, like exactly how does this work? From my life? Well, let's, yeah. And I um, have kind of something written down and I wrote it down in, in, in our little podcast episode one outline. And I, for me, I, and I, because again, we could do 10 episodes on the technical specifics of how to land flip from A to Z, right? Like, and there's courses mm-hmm. out there for that. There's definitely courses okay. that I would even recommend buying as a beginner to sit down in a module based fashion and watch videos and educate yourself. Uh, but for the sake of, let's just say wrapping this episode up, uh, you know, why don't we do this? We'll do two mindset uh what I, you know or attitude shifts that you would need to start land flipping and then two actionable steps like two like hey i understand the basic premise of land flipping and i want to actually try to start flipping land today we'll do two things so i'll hit on it real quick i mean as far as the mindset goes and you can probably attest to this i think you'll agree with me 90 yeah. i'll just say 90 percent of this business really any business that you're going to run on your own as an entrepreneur, uh, it's more mental than it is the technical, the, the, the emotional roller coaster, the managing your emotions and, and your expectations and sticking with this thing when it's hard, when it's easy, when it's low, when it's high, that's all way, way more uh, important and hard 
than learning the A to Z of how to flip a piece of vacant land. Um, so I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll say this. The first thing I think that comes to mind with a, a mindset shift is going to be going into this thing of land flipping with uh, managing your expectations. And we mentioned it a little bit from the get-go, right? You probably got into this because you saw someone on social media or on YouTube talking about how much money they make, how they found a piece of dirt and they flipped it and they made $70,000 and they're 19 years old and they're driving a Bugatti and they've got a penthouse and okay, look, that's, is it real? Sure. Okay. But that is not the reality for the vast, vast majority of people doing this business. And mm -hmm. it's most likely not the reality for you. I know that a lot of the entrepreneur bros out there aren't going to like me for saying these things, but I just, it's just the truth. Manage your expectations. If you want to go into this, your expectations should be, I'm going to get my first deal. I'm going to do everything yep. in my power to get a deal and make $5,000, $10,000. And then from that point, once I see what it takes, once I see what I had to put in to get it, I'll make the decision on how to proceed and how to go forward. It's not a get rich quick scheme. Not a yep. get rich quick scheme. It takes but a lot. That's of what I love about it, Corey. To my point way earlier in this episode, man, all the passive income BS I was chasing and just the kind of get rich quick, easy route. I've kind of learned to dislike that kind of stuff because it's not real. It's not palatable. Um, and really, ultimately, like you're not getting out of it what you're putting in. With land, you are. You, you, what you put in, you will get out. And that is a guarantee. And to Corey's point about expectations and that kind of thing, you know, I got a couple of team members um, working with me at All American Acreage now have been great. It's really fun to get the business kind of building out. And that'll be a whole nother episode talking about scalability and that kind of thing too. Um, but at the end of the day, I tell my guys, listen, probably nine out of 10 people are going to tell you no, right? Like that's the reality, it's sales. At the end of the day, nine out of 10 people are going to say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to sell you, sell it to you at that price. Um, you know, it's going to take a couple months to get started from, you know, finding the market you want to get involved in first, getting the initial mail out and then actually getting responses, putting out, you know, offers, negotiating, and actually closing that first deal. It'll take a little bit, right? It's not like you're going to find one tomorrow, yeah, right? So you're going to have that expectation as well. Um, and I also tell my guys the two most important things in this business, and you'll hear Dan Habercoffs preach on this as well on their podcast and in conversation, lead measures, which is, am I sending mail and making phone calls? Am I getting in touch with people who potentially want to sell their land, number one? And am I doing that on a consistent basis, number two? But then um, on the other side of that, am I following up? How many guys in this space make one phone call, they get a voicemail, they don't even leave a voicemail, and then they never try getting in touch with that lead again. Oh, well, they didn't answer my phone call on Tuesday, yeah. so I'm not going to call back again. Yeah. I follow up until I get a yes or a no. I don't, I don't care if it took me 30 phone calls to get a hold of somebody. And frankly, some of my best deals came from that kind of scenario, right? Oh, Where it took me, it took me months to get an answer for some from somebody but then i did i closed the deal and went and made five figure profit 
right? Yeah, there's some. I didn't very... mean to get too far into it, but no, you're that's good. That's reality. Good. There's some very good data. Like, actually, I don't know the numbers off top, but there's some very good numbers on uh, the percentage of deals and profits that come from uh, your clients. We'll call them, uh, you know, your sellers. Yeah. Um, when you follow up um, on the second, third, fifth, tenth time. Um, and a yep. very high percentage of your converted clients, meaning the people that are kind of like on the edge, uh, wishy-washy, not ready, but you keep calling, you keep texting, you keep mailing. Um, it's a very high percentage of these people that turn into deals and signed contracts on the 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 15, 20th contact, okay? Most of you out there are talking to these people once or twice, and you're going, it's not a deal, and you're moving on. But that's a whole nother episode, Don. The last yeah. thing... I wanted to hit on for mindset shift, right? Which you touched on it right after I mentioned the first one is shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Look, yeah. these are the two things. Manage your expectations going in, focus on one deal, your first deal, that's it. Number two, avoid shiny object syndrome like it's the plague. The problem yeah. and the reason why a lot of people never get their first deal and they never get really good at any one thing and they end up getting out of real estate or whatever it is, is because they try to do 17 different things at once. Real estate's no different. You got buy and hold, you got fix and flip, you got lease options, you got land, you got wholesale, you got commercial, you got, there's a million. I mean, there's oh, yeah. so many things. You got creative finance. It, you know, the list is endless. Yep. If you want to flip land, Pick land, dial in, niche down, and do that. Don't do anything else. If people hit you up and say, hey, man, I got this house lead, say, I don't even want to look at it. People send me houses all the time, and I just say, hey, sorry, I don't really, that's not my thing. Am I leaving money on the table? Maybe, maybe I am, but I don't care. I'm the land guy. I want to do land, all right? Yep. Stay focused. Pick one thing, whether it's houses or land, and just do that until you're good enough to do something else. That's it. hundred percent. You nailed it, dude. Nailed it. That's it. So for me, it's those two things for the mindset shift. Jack, I don't know if you've got your own two, but as far as the, the actionable steps, you know, to get this thing kind of wrapped up. Um, yeah. I'll let you hit on mindset if you want, you know, if you, if you've got something to add to that, or you can jump right into the actionable steps to get started today with, with something actionable. Cause I've got two things kind of, in my head that that jump out to me with like hey you already know a little bit you want to get started today let's do it no totally i think as far as mindset mindset shift is concerned um you nailed it with those two points i couldn't agree more the only thing i would add on top of that is just faith faith yeah faith that you can like again Corey and i are we are not special dude i'm i'm right in the middle of the road dude i'm not smarter than anybody else watching yeah. this podcast or listening in i'm not but you know what i did is i worked hard i had faith that this was going to work because i saw other people making it work and it's worked yeah and you're hearing from two guys right now who have started within the last two to three years respectively who are both running six-figure companies at this point who have ambitions to go you know higher but who made it happen and we're sitting here telling you, you can do this too, 1000%. You can do this too, but you need to believe in yourself. You need to have faith. And from my perspective, um, 
like I, I'm a man of God and I won't bring this in too much or anything, but at the end of the day, faith that the big man upstairs has got you, man. You just yeah. got to put in the work. You just yeah. got to put in the work. It's going to happen. That's yeah. all I would add to that. Yeah. No, that's, that's so solid, man. I actually, I know I keep saying we're going to wrap this up, but we, we keep feeding off each <laughs> other. You, you say something and then it brings stuff up, man. Dude, I love yeah. it. Faith. If you're religious or if you're, you know, whatever you believe in, absolutely faith, right? But it's also faith mm -hmm. in yourself and believing that you can do it. If you don't even think that you can do it, you're not going to do it. I remember yeah. three years ago when I found the Wholesaling Inc. podcast and I was listening to, uh, at the time, I think it was Todd Toback. It was, it was like yeah. all Todd Toback. I was listening to him um, and Brent Daniels. They would have all these guests on and every, I was listening to multiple episodes a day. And I kept, there's this recurring theme in my head. I was like, these people all seem so normal. They all seem like regular people with regular jobs and regular lives talking about making $50,000 profits on these wholesale deals and you name it, right? And Brant would always say, if I can do it, so can you. He always said that. So right. it, it was like that. And it was like all these people, all the guests that he had that were, were telling their stories. And I'm like, dude, there is no way. There's just no way that if all of these seemingly normal people can do this, that I'm the one that can't do it. Yep. You know, once you get it in your head that you can do it for real, I mean, it's just a matter of sticking to it, you know. Totally. And again, I'm telling you right now, just like it said in the Bible, you're going to have problems. You're going to yeah. run into issues. There's going to be obstacles. Are you the guy or the gal that's willing to push through that crap? That's that's it. That's yeah. it. And that comes with faith, belief in yourself, belief in the higher power. He's going to bring you through. And that's that's it at the end of the day. You got to put the work in, make it happen. Yeah. Simple. Absolutely. And with that being said, I'll hit I'll hit my two actionable steps today because I know people, you know, my goal, one of my goals for this podcast, right, is to give actionable advice and not just a bunch yes. of fluff. I want people to listen and go, okay, he said to go do this. And if I actually go do this, I could lend a deal. Yep. So as far as actionable step goes, or two actionable steps, I would say the first one is starting with uh, educating yourself. Too many people, now don't get me wrong, there is a fine line between too much education and you know not doing yeah. anything, but, and you can probably attest to this, there's a lot of bozo low life, uneducated people who put no effort whatsoever into learning the business and learning how to be a professional out there, cold calling, soliciting, texting sellers. And essentially, I'm not going to say ruining, but making it more difficult for people who want to be professional, who want to have an ethical business, who want to help sellers and who want to make a living doing this. Um, that was my soapbox. Start with educating yourself. All right. Learn, learn the terminology, learn how many square feet are in an acre, learn how many, you know what I'm saying? The basic stuff. So that way, when you get on the phone with a seller um, who more than likely is going to be older than you and has owned property for longer than you have, because you probably okay. don't own any property, um, okay. you're going to look like a fool when you can't have a simple conversation about what it is that you're trying to talk to them about. Um, yep. So that's number one, just educate yourself. And there's a million ways to do that. YouTube, everything is on YouTube for free. 
Um, but as I mentioned at the beginning of the, the episode, there are certainly classes and courses out there that I would recommend buying. They're going to cost you some money, um, but you got to spend money to make money and you will never make a better investment than investing in yourself. Um, this is a tangent. I think at this point I've spent in the ballpark of about $20,000 on my own land flipping education. Okay. And I've made 10 times that. Okay. Um, but start yeah. with educating yourself. And then the number, the, the second thing is, uh, taking your first actionable step, which is reaching out to a seller in some fashion. There's a, I'm going to keep it simple. You will never do a deal. Never by designing a website, coming up with a logo, setting up your LLC, talking about doing deals, reading books, talking with your friends. You're never going to do a deal doing that. Yep. Pick an area, pick up the phone, say, hey, Mr. Seller, I'm so-and-so with so-and-so land company. Would you like to sell your property? It goes from there. It just goes from there. Grant Daniel says it all the time. Deals, getting deals and doing deals boils down to two things, conversations, offers. That's it. Everything else is fluff. That's it. 100%. And just to piggyback on what you said and kind of give my two cents in there. Number one, when you talked about education, I could not agree more. You got to know what you're doing before you call somebody, right? Like, you know, Corey's second actionable step is to pick up the phone and call somebody. But if you don't know what you're talking about, it's not going to go anywhere and you're going to waste your time and their time. Um, and I will like a point to add to that. A lot of these sellers, especially because this is all over the phone, they haven't met you in person. They don't know who the heck you are. You just found their phone number and you're reaching out to them randomly to ask if they want to sell their land. The difference between people who are really successful in this space and people who are struggling to get deals is they can talk in a in an intelligent fashion about not only the seller's property in particular but just about the space in general and you talk somebody through what uh, a process of closing with the title company looks like can you talk to somebody about what it means for their property having a little bit of wetlands on it and how it might affect the value can you talk to somebody about a power pole being you know a, a hundred yards away and the fact that it might cost a little money to bring power closer to their property thus it lowers their value again i'm just giving random examples but if you can't talk intelligently and make these people feel comfortable with you which means you you understand the space you're not going to get anywhere. Nobody's going to sell their property to somebody that can't tell them what title agent they work with to close the deal or, you know, what at the end of the day, their property is valued and why, right? Mm -hmm. Those are really important things. So I totally agree with your first statement. And secondly, I absolutely agree with that too. Pick up the phone, find the market, send some mail, pick up the phone, talk to sellers. That's how this works. If you don't talk to anybody, you don't have conversations, you don't make offers, where are you going to get deals, right? You just got to do the dang thing. So yeah. educate yourself, then do the dang thing. It's simple. Yeah. Don't worry about all the fluff. You don't need this perfect website that talks about the benefits of selling your land and all of that stuff. It's funny because we both have websites and you know we've gotten to that point. And those are beneficial down the line. But to get started, 
Give them yeah. a call. Hey, I'm Jack yeah. Berger. I'm based in Colorado. I, I buy land in Florida. Really interested in your property. It looks like a good fit for our company. I'd love to do business with you. Here's what I'm thinking. Make the call. Yeah. That's it. When I, it's simple. When I, when I tell people, when I talk to people who are newer, who are like, I'm setting up my LLC. I'm designing my website. I'm building my buyer's list. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm like, what are you doing all this for? You ain't got no deals. Totally. You ain't got no land deal. Totally. You, you know? And again, you know, not not that any of that stuff is bad. Does it help to have a website that somebody can re revert, you know, refer to to go? Okay, like maybe he's a little bit more legitimate. Than that yes, all that stuff helps. But we're talking yeah. about getting your first deal and getting started. Yeah. Don't worry about any of that fluff on the front end. Just go get your first deal. All of that stuff will find it fall in line as it may as you, you continue this this journey yeah. and uh, getting to more and more deals and doing more and more flips. As simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to end it kind of on on three things um, just to hit on that real quick. That all that you know, the educating yourself and the talking on the phone, doing all that isn't to say that you're not going to mess up when you're starting out. You're going to fumble phone calls. Even if you educate yourself and you take it seriously and you want to be professional, you're going to be nervous. You're going to be nervous. Totally. You're going to fumble phone calls. You're going to make bad offers. You're going to contract properties too high because there's things you just don't know and understand. That's all part of the process. All part of the process. Um, you know, I just wanted to throw that in there because there is no jump simply from, oh, I educated myself. Now I'm going to be good on the phone. No, you got to go yep. through rep after rep. I mean, I don't need, I can't even put a number on it. You and I both probably have thousands and thousands of reps at this point with conversation oh, totally. you know, that, that have made us better. My wife says it all the time. My wife will say, I, I locked up a property yesterday, but I put it in her contract uh, right on the phone. And um, my wife comes out after and she's like, you know, like three years ago, you were not like this on the phone. And I was like, reps, you know what I mean? It's just from yeah, It's just like the gym. Are you going to build muscle without lifting weights? No. Right. Yeah. Are you going to get better at talking to land sellers on the phone without talking to land sellers on the phone? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I think the third thing we kind of add in here is like, hit the ground running, get a little experience. If you're anything like Corey and I too, five phone calls, you'll start to get it. Even one phone call. Oh, okay. So they typically ask this question, this question, this question. I should probably be prepared to answer those kind of things. Like yeah. you're going to start getting it pretty quickly. And of course, you're going to get better and better and better over time. But you got to yeah. start. Yeah, um, absolutely. 100%. You just got to start. Take massive and perfect action. So I'll end it on this. We'll say um, kind of what I want you guys to expect out of me and Jack, I would say, or even the podcast moving forward. I would say is, uh, you know, Jack and I, you know, our plan is weekly episodes. Um, and right now I'm aware, and I said at the, the, the beginning of the, the episode, the format is dookie, okay? We're on a Zoom call. We don't have good microphones. My lighting in here, ass. Um, I threw an outline together last night in 10 minutes. Um, yep. You know, but the what I wanted to prove here is, massive and perfect action we could have kicked around all these things for the next two months and never started the purpose Put here together is to a website a logo i could yeah. have maybe made yeah. my closets in the background look better like whatever yeah. dude you just gotta so, go for it 
A hundred percent. And the reason I say that is because moving forward, the expectation out of us is that it is going to improve. We are going to get better equipment. We're going to get a better podcast platform. We're going to have a logo, a website, you name it, an intro, all these things. It's going to happen. Uh, but for the sake of just getting started and getting this ball rolling, we wanted to start today. So I'm going to end with a call out too. And if you are on my Instagram, you kind of know I end a lot of my videos by saying this. Go call the damn leads, make your offers, do your follow-up, and you'll get deals. Yep. That's it. 100%. Well, guys, I mean, Corey, first of all, it's been awesome, man. And again, to the point you just made, I'm glad that we just went for it. And uh, I hope for you know the, the folks in the audience listening in right now, that that gives you a little kind of vote of confidence to just go for it. You see us two dookies on here making it happen. You guys can absolutely make it happen. Again, absolutely. we're middle of the road, regular dudes. Like we really are. We're not special. And um, if we can do it, you guys can do it too. Um, I'll end by saying this as well. Uh, Corey and I are both are both going to be posting on social media quite a bit about this kind of stuff, sharing clips, whatever it might be. And at the end of the day, guys, like what's Corey's and, and I's goal with all of this? We sat down and we said, okay, we were able to change our lives around, create a business that we get to control and run a lifestyle that we get to manage. I can go to the, you know, my my baby boy's doctor appointment with my wife if I want to, because I control my schedule. I'm not in some corporate gig. We were able to kind of get out of that quote unquote rat race and are our lives perfect? And are we million and gajillion billionaires? No, but we were able to do that. And we felt it in both of our hearts that we want to help other people do the same. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're spending an hour or two this morning, you know, with this first episode talking about all of this. And that's all ultimately we want what we want to do. We want to provide value to you guys so that in exchange, you can provide value to your families, your community, and everything downstream from there. Right? Yeah. You guys can do this too. We're here to help. That's what this is. So with that being said, I think that was a great first podcast episode, Corey. Um, Corey, what's your uh, Instagram tag and where should people go follow you? Yeah, I'm pretty heavy on Instagram. Really, Instagram is the only place I'm on as far as like land flipping content and talking about land flipping. And that's at flipping some land, F-L-I-P-P-I-N, some land, flipping some land. So hit me up on, on Instagram. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, on my end, it's just my name, at Jack, J-A-C-K underscore Carger, K-A-R-G-E-R, at Jack Carger. Come follow both of us guys. Come along with this journey with us. And uh, we really are looking forward to making connections with everybody listening in, building an awesome community of just go-getters who are going to go make this stuff happen and, and win together, grow together. And uh, man, I'm really, really excited for what the future holds starting with uh, 2024 here. Let's rock. Absolutely. And if you've got deals in Texas, Colorado, or Florida, bring them our way. Jack is in Colorado, Colorado and Florida. I'm mainly in Texas, but I'm in like 15 different counties in Texas, all around yep. Houston for the most part. So look, it, not only for us to buy it or to JV and get 50% of the profit or anything like that, but if you just need help, evaluating your deals you want a private money partner anything like that i do buy deals i i'm not saying 
you know, send me your deal so we can JV. I will buy your deal if there's enough room. I will pay you an assignment fee if there's room and we will all make money and it'll be great. So send us your deals. 100%. Same on my end. Let's make it happen, guys. Corey, right. great work, dude. All right, man. Love it.